If you'll hurry and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I might let you watch part of that ball game. Is anybody here taping it? Mary said she don't want to watch it. I'll watch it for you. If you need to know anything about Mary, just tell me that while I'll tell you about it. Look in your Bible, if you would, please. And uh, I was going to get through this in one week, but now we're, we're plowing right on through it, the third week. How to keep going when you can't go on. How to not quit when you feel like quitting. How not to quit when people tell you ought to quit. Uh, I, I think we, there's a lesson for us tonight. And I want to take as an introduction, and I want to show you some things. Look with me for, at uh, chapter 1 of, first, of 2 Corinthians, and let me uh, just give you an introduction tonight to the Apostle Paul's uh, flowery, easy ministry. I was reading today that uh, TNN has been accused of embezzling $50 million out of the incorporation. Jan and Paul Crouch has been accused of, of embezzling $50 million out of the ministry. And their granddaughters are suing them for embezzlement and for covering up that one of the granddaughters was raped when she was 13 by an employee and they covered it up. That's Christian television. I think I'll just stick with the old stuff. I think I'll just stick with the old King James. If it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. Amen. Now, some of you look at me like I shouldn't have said that. You look like it again, I'll say it ten times in a row. Verse 8, chapter 1. For we would not, brethren, to have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. Now, the problem is that most people do not have any idea what problems and what trouble came to Paul in Asia. And when you read of those problems, as you read the book of Acts, you don't equate them to the statement when he told the church at Corinth, I don't want you to be ignorant of the trouble that I had in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, stretched, stressed, close to an emotional breakdown and a spiritual collapse. Above strength. I thought, Paul said, I had come to the end of myself because of all the problems, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God. Don't miss that phrase. Which raiseth the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver 
and in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Now, if you would take your Bible and let's go to the book of Acts and just see a little bit of the trouble that Paul experienced in Asia. Now, I want you you to know something. All that live godly shall suffer persecution. Now, you're not going to get away from that. If you live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. And if you're not living godly, don't equate your persecution to God. If you make stupid, stupid, stupid decisions, don't, 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 don't tempt God. Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't go down the highway 90 miles an hour and put it in cruise control and go to sleep and think everything's going to be all right. Or don't go dove hunting and get too many dove and think everything's going to be copacetic. Acts chapter number 16, if you would please. In Philippi, in Asia, And I'll read for you, if you'd be all right, verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of her gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teaching customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up, together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. Paul said, I would not have you, church at Corinth, to be ignorant of the trouble I went through to get here to preach to you the gospel. Acts chapter 14, please. Just back a few verses. I don't know about you, but I don't think that would be too delightful. We are back lacerated, bleeding cast into the inner part of the prison and put in stocks, uh, I think maybe I might have thought about quitting once or twice in that situation. Is anybody here? Acts chapter 14. I would not have you ignorant of the trouble that I received in Asia. Verse 14. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead. And some of us thanks to the sacrifice to make three services a week. And the first time mama don't cook the biscuits, we get out of church. Quit reading our Bible. Take off to a bar. 
so the bartender can listen to our every care. Verse 20, Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city and the next day departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel, man, that guy has got more gall than a gallbladder. That guy's got sand, man. I, somewhere in between all of that, I might have been tempted to lay down my Bible and go back to making tools and dyes. Of course, now, I can tell the way you look, you, none of you would. I mean, you, you, you're stacked, man. You're ready to go. But I'm telling you, this guy might have found a reason to quit. 2 Corinthians 11. Would you please? 2 Corinthians 11. Somebody said, well, I don't understand some things. I don't understand what just keeps some people keeping on. I, I don't understand. Well, I, I, I just don't understand. Well, here's what happened to Paul now. You would think that the stoning was sufficient. You would think that the incarceration was was bad enough. And you would think that the beating and the laceration was bad. And, and Paul got out of prison and he probably said, well, now everything is going to be better. Look at chapter 12 and let me read for you uh, verse number two. And he said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. And if you look back, it was about between 14 and 15 years since Paul was stoned outside the walls of Lystra. They drug him outside the city, supposing him to be dead. Maybe he just wasn't supposed to be dead. He said, I knew a man above 14 years ago. He was in Christ whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. Clouds, stars, God. Three heavens. They uh, found out today they've, they've, in, they've invented and discovered another telescope that now reveals hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more galaxies out there before beyond where they could ever be. Can you imagine Jesus getting from Jerusalem to there and back in one afternoon? The speed of sound, the speed of light 186,000 miles a second. And if he was traveling at the speed of light, he could not have made the trip in that length of time. So could there be a possibly another standard of speed that we do not really comprehend, which is the speed of thought. And in heaven, we'll not be governed by the speed of light or the speed of sound but will live by the speed of thought. Think it, you're there. Wow. 
I bet in Joshua they like to catch you speeding that fast one time. <laughs> they would throw the book at you. Now look, verse 3. And I knew such a man, whether in the body, out of the body, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into, what's the next word? Okay, guess where paradise is? It's up. It's in the third heaven. It's where God is. You understand that? But when our Jesus died on the cross, this is another sermon. Paradise is the heart of the earth. Because he said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, so shall the Son of Man be. What did he tell that thief on the cross? Today thou shalt be with me. Where? When Jesus died, paradise was in the heart of the earth. When Paul was caught up in the third heaven, paradise was where God is. Get in your Bible and find out when it moved. Now let's go on. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Not of such a one Will I glory? Yet I myself I will not glory, but of my infirmities. And though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a doctorate degree in theology. Because I saw things in heaven that nobody else had ever. Oh, it's not a doctorate degree. A thorn in the flesh. Has anybody ever just been sick and tired of being sick and tired? Anybody here said, I'm not going tonight because I just don't feel like it. Would you look over with me, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians 11. Just a minute. 2 Corinthians 11. I'd like to read for you uh, just uh, a few verses here. Let me start, if you would, please, at verse 23. Of the ministers of Christ, I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. He's having a good time by now, don't you think? Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Hundred and ninety-five stripes across his back, all because he's just serving Jesus. Then uh, thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, night and a day of in the deep. And he goes on, journeys, 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 perils, 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 perils. I just wonder, what's Paul's attitude about all of that? And I found a verse, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. Notice the attitude that he has about being stoned to death, about being whipped and beaten, put in prison, about a thorn in the flesh, about a continual physical infirmity, about beatings, about stripes, about this. And Paul said, verse 17, for our light affliction. Paul said, all I've suffered 
is a light affliction for a light afflictions, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Maybe the way we look at our situation determines how we react to everybody around us. If Paul had been a 21st century Baptist, he is a walk around with his shirt down, showing us his back. And taking up the preacher's time with counseling sessions, blaming everybody in the world because he got whooped. And I'm telling you, preacher, I don't know if I can take any more. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count. I, my life, dear unto me, that I might finish my course that is set before me. How in the world did Paul have that attitude with a bleeding back, a thorn in the flesh, squinched eyesight, Hated by his own countrymen. Hated by everybody that taught him the law. Rejected by his own family. And he said, but my light affliction, my light affliction, which is just for a moment. Isn't it amazing how we can stretch our afflictions out? Come on, say amen, somebody. As somebody said, build a bridge and get over it. Somebody said, you don't understand, I've been abused. You should have seen my daddy whoop me. I've been abused. I don't know any kids that ever went to elementary school that ain't been bullied or picked on at least once or twice. And so I guess I should go around the rest of my life, blue, 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 because somebody picked on me when I was in class. No, I just waited till I caught their head turned and I hit them in the back of the head. Then I was the one who got in trouble for bullying. Life is life, man. Well, my parents wasn't perfect. Neither was Cain and Abel's. Well, I thought was having a good time. What kept Paul going? Number one, I think Paul was a man of faith. But not just faith, he had enduring faith. Paul had no intention of quitting. Paul had no intention of laying the, the armor down. Paul had made no, had made no uh, reservation and, and had made nothing, no attempt to have anything to go back to. He burnt the bridges behind him. He said, I'm going to serve God come hell or high water and I'm not 
caring what anybody says about it. I am going to keep on keeping on. And let me tell you, look at verse 1. The reason he kept going is because, number one, he had a sense of duty about him that I don't see in anybody in this world today hardly ever. A sense of duty. Paul had been saved by the grace of God. He had been called by the Holy Ghost of God. He had been indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. God had blessed him beyond measure. And thusly he said, I am not going to faint. Seeing I have received this ministry from God, I am not going to lay down, sit down, back up, or quit. I am going to keep doing because it's my duty. Boy, it's so easy for Americans to quit anymore. I mean, I've never seen so many quitters in all my life. I just, just, just quit. Well, I'm not getting what I need at the house, so I'll go to somebody else's house. You're a quitter. A quitter. Well, uh, I'm not making enough on this job. I, I'm going to quit that job. I'm going to get another job, and I'm going to get another job, and get another. Hey, whatever happened to just going to work, being loyal to your boss, honest day's work for it, honest day's pay, and just hang in there and manage your money, budget your money, and just trust God. Somebody said, well, preacher, uh, I don't know. Secondly, he had a, a, a sincerity that was on display. I showed you that last week. Notice verse number two. It says, I'm clear of conscience for all you folks in the sight of God. God is watching all of us. And if you're not doing it, realizing that God is watching, you're doing it for him, you'll quit. First little stump you hit. First time somebody asks you, is that your nose, you're eating a banana, you'll get mad and offended and take off and never come back. Paul didn't quit. Probably when he felt like quitting is because he had a sense of duty about him. You see, you don't have to worry about me leaving this church as long as it's in debt. Because I have a sense of duty. You say, I'll run you off. Then you can pay the debt. You can talk to the banker. You can upgrade the buses. You can keep everybody's refrigerator running. You can go soul winning. You can do four funerals a week. And visit hospitals in between. Nothing to it. But if I was doing it for man. I wouldn't do it. I have a sense of duty. To the one who called me. And I have a sense of sincerity. I want to serve him. Not men. And then a struggle with the devil in verse 4, 
And uh, this will help some of you soul winners. And I'm going to be done in just a minute. Did anybody know what time the kickoff was? <laughs> I'd have never said it. I would have never said it. I'd have said, I don't know. <laughs> or I'd at least said, I don't care. Keith, was that you said that? No, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't think it was. Listen to me. In your soul winning, your fight and your fear ought not to be of the person you're trying to win. Notice, if the gospel be hid, notice what it says. It is hid from those that are lost or believe not. For the God of this world hath their minds blinded lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine through. Paul realized his fight was not with people. Paul realized that his struggle was not against denominations. He realized that his real struggle was not with Peter and with the Judaizers and not the law keepers. He realized that the reason the Jew would not be saved is because the God of this world has them blinded. And what's so frightening, I say this very kind, he has the majority of our church blinded to the falsehood of what this world offers. We give our entire life to this world. We give this world the best days of our life. We get up and we eat breakfast and we give this world the best hours of our day. We work feverishly for this world. And if we are not too tired, And if something else don't come up like Little League, Mumble Peg, or Ping Pong. If something else don't come up. We might read a verse. In between our favorite TV program. And we feel like. We're good Christians because we go to church. The Jew are not the only ones that's blinded by the God of this world. Hmm? And the reason Paul didn't quit because he knew who he struggled with. Fourthly, he didn't quit. He kept on going because he had a spiritual determination, verse 5 through 9, a spiritual determination. Let me read it for you. And uh, the Bible said, uh, verses 5 through 9, it says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, what's the next two words? Your what? Really? In other words, if we'd have been the church, if we'd have been a member of the church at Corinth, Paul would have been our servant. 
the author of 14 books of the Bible, one of the greatest preachers ever to adorn the earth, the great spiritual giant, Paul, would be my servant. And we're too proud to be each other's servant. A spiritual determination. By the way, let me ask you something, if I could, please. Is the master responsible for the servant? Huh? Does the servant look to the master for protection and provision? Consolation? You know why Paul didn't quit? He knew who he was serving. (laughs) Paul said, man, keep it coming. My God will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, Paul, we'll we'll cut your head off. I'll guarantee we'll cut your head off and we're going to do it. And we're going to see if you've got that smirky looking smile on your face. And Paul said, and my God shall supply all of my need. He's not talking about dinero there. He's talking about looking out the window at the guy sharpened the axe if he'd cut his head off. And them guards are saying, now let's see how big your Jesus is, Paul. We're just going to see how you walk up to that chop block and lay your head on the block. We're going to see, bless your heart, if you'll go, keep going when you don't feel like going on. Paul said, why don't you know I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. No, Paul just walked out there and said, I don't need a blindfold. You don't need to tie me. I'm going to lay my head down there. Smiled at him. And that big, huge axe came down. The Lord Jesus picked up Paul's head and winged it all the way to glory and placed on it the crown of life. You know why he didn't quit? Because he had a spiritual determination that Christians today do not have. Christians come to church when they want to. And even when they come, they try to miss a service by walking around in the halls of our church or hiding in a bathroom someplace. And then they wonder why in God's name they want to go to every seminar and retreat and spiritual climatic thing so that they can get their cup filled. You ain't even got a cup. Wishy-washy, up and down, in and out. Mad one day, glad the next, glad you're mad the next day. It's everybody else's fault but ours. I don't see that in Paul's life. Paul said, man, what I'm going through, just a light affliction. It's just for a moment. There's a more excellent reward for me. I have a spiritual determination about me. I'm just not going to quit. Not only he had a sacrifice and devotion about him. Verse 10 through 12. Read that later. Sixthly, he had a strength given daily. 
I want to read this for you, verse 13. Please look at this. Now, you need this. Now, I believe with all my heart, this is probably where some folk need to camp a little bit. Verse 13, chapter 4, the Bible said, We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed. And therefore have I spoken, we also believe, and therefore speak, knowing, underline that word knowing, not hoping, not wishing, knowing that he which raised up Jesus, the Lord Jesus, will raise us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we do not what? But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed how? Not Sunday by Sunday, If some of we nourished our body with the same regularity we nourish our souls, we'd look like we was in a concentration camp. If you're fainting, it ain't nobody's business and nobody's fault but yours. For which cause we faint not. You've got to get alone and get some bread in you. Man shall not live by bread alone. You don't, you need this. You don't need our daily bread or our weekly loaf. You need God's bread. You need to get in this book. You say, well, I don't understand it. Read it till you do. Read it till you find, stumble up on something that it might say, I'm talking to you. You say, but I've been reading about the tassels in the tabernacle. Well, get out of the tabernacle and get someplace where you can understand something and read it. Try John. Try Psalms. Don't try Proverbs. You don't, want, you don't like them. They, they, they hurt. You know what kept Paul going? Spiritual determination, a sacrificial devotion. He was a servant. I die daily. Fence straddlers always are filled with turmoil. Listen. Nobody likes a Benedict Arnold. Not even Benedict Arnold. You dip your colors. You look in the mirror. And God says, you're a loser. The devil says, you're a double loser. You need to get in this book and let God tell you what he does with losers. He makes winners out of them. 
Can anybody say amen? amen. Well, preacher, I'm going to quit. If you can quit, just go ahead. Have at it, man. Takes no, takes no brain to quit. All it takes to quit is just a quitter. Four things you need to remember. Four reasons why people quit. Four reasons why Christians give up. Number one, fatigue. Just flat getting tired. Turn the dumb late movie off. Go to sleep. Amen. Do like Brother Billy. Retire, sleep till noon. You say, why would he sleep till noon? Because he's earned it. He's earned it. I have two, but Ginger won't let me. Next reason, frustration. You just get frustrated with life. Frustrated with life. You get tired. You get frustrated. Failure. Well, I, t- I turned over a new leaf this year and I wasn't going to drink any more Colorado Kool-Aid. And the first place I went was Colorado. Okay, leave Colorado, go back to New Mexico, come to Texas, quit again. Get up. Ask God to forgive you. Because you're sitting a bunker smug folk that has the same problem. Maybe not in that area, but there's a lot of other areas we struggle with, and so did the Apostle Paul. And then fear. Those four things. Those four reasons why Christians give up. Fatigue. Frustration. Failure. And fear. It'll do it every time. But I've got some news for you. You've got provisions with the Holy Spirit of God. Paul said this. He said... He is not doing it all by himself. Verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, But the things which are not seen are eternal. One thought and we're done. Where are you looking? Because if you're looking at things that are seen and have your hopes in things that are seen, they're going to disappoint you. How many times you guys, when you're in grammar school and junior high, fell in love with some little old pretty thing and you were just absolutely smoted? I don't know if that's a good word or not. I know some of you look, and you said, not me. I was so mojo. I was so macho. Everybody was loving me. I remember my first love. First time she ever got on the bicycle with me. She smelt so good 
at the age of six or seven. And I was smoted thoroughly. Well, it wasn't long till somebody else smote me. And then I got smoted again. And, and double smoted and triple smoted. Everyone needs hope to endure. If you and I do not have hope, we have nothing to shoot our faith at. Well, I've got faith. Oh, yeah, in what? What have you got the air of your faith drawn in the bow? What you, what's a target? You see, faith fixes our focus. Hope is the destination of my faith. And if all of my hope and trust and faith is in now, Today, can you see past right now? You know why Paul could endure? He could see past right now. He said, compared to what I'm going to get in heaven, all of this stuff I'm going through is but a light affliction for a moment. 